Hey everyone, I'm Matt. And I'm Steven. And you're listening to Code Talk with Matt and Steven. Where we sit around chatting about code and stuff. Alright, uh, welcome to episode 9 of Code Talk with Matt and Steven. Hello. We're doing our second uh, Upstate PHP Roundtable. So far, we have one extra member of the roundtable joining us. We'll see if anybody decides to show up um, and just hop in. Um, so we're welcomed by, uh, or we're joined by Jim. Don't ever actually know how to pronounce your last name. Chalala. Um, okay, Jim. Jim. <laughs> Jim with orange coat. Jim with orange coat. Thanks for joining us. So today we're going to discuss and just talk about like debugging uh, tips, tricks, best practices, whatever. Like, what do you guys do? Um, when you're debugging applications, um, we're also testing it on, on the omnidirectional uh, setting on our one microphone. So let's see how this works. Um, cool. So you might want to start kick us off and start us off with what do you do to debug your applications? Sure. Um, I'll start off. For me, uh, primarily PHP development, so I use Xdebug. So that's been a huge help. So both on the CLI and you know. Uh, be the web, you know, like a, a web call. Um, that has been just being able to step through uh, and, you know, add breakpoints without having to dump and die or, you know, uh, bar dump some stuff, you know, and print it out to the screen, that kind of thing. It's been huge in, like, um, you know, debugging, you know, applications. Xdebug is is um, is awesome, but it's pretty. I mean, it's been around for a while, but it's pretty recent in the last what three, four years that it's really exploded in the community um, as being like the main go-to for for debugging. Yeah, there's another one too. Is it Zend Debugger? There's a Zend yeah. I've never, yeah. I haven't used that. I haven't used that one either. I know um, PHP Storm has support for that though. Yeah, but um, yeah, I used to always just. I mean, because every when PHP right, everything's a page refresh. Should always just die dump. Uh, you know everything, or print R all of your stuff that you want, right? You know, bar dump everything, bar export if you're in the command line, um, and that's how you did it, right? Or like even I'm gonna just uh, admit to something bad practice here. Back at, at an old company I used to work for, where we would debug on the server, and so you would put in a quick dump die dump statement or whatever. You go refresh, then you take it out. And so you just keep that screen up, you know, so it's like, chances are no one saw that. Um, and it was even worse if you needed to find out, like, the PHP info, right? So you die dump the PHP info. Yeah. You know, and then you just go back and take that out real quick. And I'd always create, like, a test page to dump the PHP info stuff. And then I, I did used to do that where you would quickly go to a, to a page, you know, and then, you know, comment it out, save it, and then, yeah. Uh, then, I, then I got into Firebug PHP. Right, and yeah. that was awesome. So at least I could hide what I was doing. But then again, you know, having that on the server is probably not a good thing. But that worked pretty well. Jim, what do you do for uh, debugging? Because you you work mostly in Drupal, right? I've done a lot of Drupal, but the biggest thing now is custom old school PHP. So I wouldn't say that we can't use some of the newer stuff, but okay. because we're still supporting really old code. Just kind of work with what we got, so I'm still mostly a print R, die command guy, and I really don't program as much as I used to. So my 
need for fancy tools is less than it would be. Um, Production-wise, we've, we've just been finally trying to chip away getting rid of stupid little warnings and uh, unset variable problems in production so we can actually pay more attention to, to real errors and see stuff when things happen. So in a lot of ways we're catching up because we have a 10 plus year old code base with uh, so a lot of the new fancy widgets you can snap on top of object-oriented stuff. Not so easy in that environment. Gotcha. That's awesome. Um, X or not X debug? Uh, was it fire? What was it again? Fire debug? Firebug? Yeah, it was like Firebug PHP. Firebug PHP. Yeah. So they had yeah. Firebug in Firefox, and then they had Firebug PHP, and I I never understood really how that worked out. But then like a lot of frameworks started getting specific, like implementations of that right like Laravel had their own where you could it was like a package you could install and it would hook into all this Laravel stuff right and it would add the HTML and CSS JavaScript whatever to the bottom of your page that you rendered out I don't remember what that's called but uh, you know yeah you'd be able to see your queries that you ran all the the views and everything so that was kind of cool um, Doug Kong we're doing a we're doing a, a podcast roundtable talking about debugging care to join us Sure. All right. So now we're now we're a foursome. All right. Uh, for me, on the on production or staging or any, you know, any of those environments, uh, I'll typically, of course, you know, anything that's not production, I'll, I'll set the application to to debug mode. But I also uh, use something like Sentry or Bugsnag, um, you know, and then always sending stuff to some sort of logging service. <clears throat> to debug like you know server side um, issues that we might have and so those are always important so then you know you have your hip chat and or slack or whatever you can send all that stuff to a support channel or a bug channel or whatever and and kind of see what's coming in and and kind of work work that out that way that's a good uh, segue into the next next thing here what, what uh, services do you use like external services do you use for logging debugging stuff like that um so Amazon based, so I'll use their their logging. So they got like what? Uh, I don't really use it that often. Uh, they got like CloudTrail. I've used New Relic. New Relic's pretty good, but it's extremely expensive. So uh, I don't know. For me, it's almost like I would use their free stuff. Use something like Datadog and a combination of some sort of log service. I think I used what was it? Log entries. Yes, log, entries. log entries for uh, for a while. Um, primarily Bugsnag and Sentry are are two services that I've used. Um, you know, as far as just application bugs, <clears throat> so I've logged into New Relic, mm -hmm. but I don't, I don't. I guess I don't. I haven't spent enough time in there to understand it. Like, because we use New Relic. New Relic. Um, there's something else we use. I can't think of what the other service that we use for uh, Sentry. We use Sentry, mm -hmm. and then we also use a service uh, for like backend logs and everything called uh, uh, Sumo. Sumo Logic, excuse me. Um, and so I'm like, Sumo Logic makes sense because that's how I'm used to working in the backend code, right? We just like log to a log file, log statements, mm -hmm. whatever. And then you get to go see. So like stuff with Century or New Relic, like I, don't, I guess I don't really understand what I should be looking for there or like, like what value it adds to me. I need to figure it out. Like for Century is primarily logging bugs. So you have a fatal error or something like that or, you know, just, you know, you skip the 404s and stuff like that. So just anything that would be... Um, 
you know, that kind of bug. See, that we can go in, <clears throat> typically it'll, you know, interact with something like Jira or, you know, that kind of thing. So you can go through it, either clear it out, um, you know, or, you know, create a ticket, you know, bug ticket and whatever, mm. you know, app you're using. <clears throat> and also, I mean, it's, it's crazy because it's going to stop catching a bug if it, you know, you'll know you have a bad one when it's like, you know, hey, we stopped logging this because, you know, you've hit 10,000, like, you know, in like the last like 10 minutes, you're like, you got a serious problem, right? Um, so I, that's what I, I like it because I like something like Sentry because it's just, it's just focused on actual bugs, like exceptions and things like that, that you, you know, mm. you would, uh, and then you have something like you know, log entries or log stash or I guess you said sumo. Yeah, sumo logic. Where you would, um, you know, probably log information and things. So, like, you might you might want to, you might be in development, you might want to log, like, just different server server application things. So you might want to log a user did this or, you know, so you can kind of trace it through and see, see that it happened. Um, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of how I, I use that stuff. Jim, Doug, do you guys... New Relic is great for, like complaints about performance on the front end so getting the whole basically you get transactions um, and it, depending on how you have new relic configured you it'll inject a JavaScript at the end of the transaction so you get complete end-to-end -end performance all the way from where it starts on the server all the way to the end of the user's browser mm -hmm. uh, which can be really useful for identifying um, it's I mean, it's just a fancy version of a slow query log at some points in the way that I use mm -hmm. it. Um, but it's continuous. It's great for picking up errors that don't happen a lot, Heisenbugs and things like that, where you're like, oh, well, I can't re replicate this. But you can see it in the logs, and so you can trace through the entire stack more easily. Yeah. Um, and you, so you can see which pieces of the application are hurting your performance or which functions are running the, the longest out yeah. of the whole set. So really useful for that type of performance stuff and then of course there's error logging and things like that um, I just wrote a bunch of custom metrics the other day uh, for a project we're doing because we're wanting more insight into a long-running PHP process and so the the transaction looks like a, you know 30 seconds or 60 seconds or something like that but the real pieces of that data that's broken down when Laravel's running a queue are very different um, and so we wanted to actually see into the job, like I basically have a start and a stop inside the job. Um, okay. So there's a lot of stuff you could add to the metricing um, that can give you more insight into how that data works. That's true. Well, my experience with New Relic, a lot of times, like like you said, for performance reasons, you get to see you can capture transactions. Um, so if something's taking too long, you can capture that transaction and literally drill down, and it'll tell you how long something took to. Uh, you know, to complete, so you can find your bottleneck and actually clean it up and, and speed uh, up that. And it uh, shows calls to database, like broken out. It shows calls to like third-party API endpoints where you're going, oh, well, no wonder Google's slow today or something like that. So you can quickly identify things, um, and I think you can set monitoring against the certain things as well. As far as like, don't tell me if Google's slow, but if anything else in this stack is slow. Um, okay. Pretty sure you can you can you can set those parameters um, in such a way that like hey I want to know if it exceeds this particular threshold, not before that. Um, you also have server server monitor monitoring with it, so you can actually see like 
for us we were using a lot of Docker so you can see all your, your containers, how much memory they're using and you know, uh, CPU and all that. So, it, so let's say you had something where the server died, you can actually go in New Relic and say, well, okay, we had a CPU spike or a memory spike and then so what did the person call? Then you go dig through all the transactions, where did that happen? And you can literally like pinpoint what, what happened. Yeah. Hey. So, how's it going? <clears throat> all right, how you doing? But again, my biggest issue with, especially if you're doing stuff like Docker and your pull up a chair, we're recording mm -hmm. a roundtable podcast episode. Mm -hmm. If you want to join in, where you're actually like, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Docker containers, where you're actually, you know, probably throwing out tons of containers, splitting up your app, microservices. Uh, New Relic wants to charge you per. You know, so if you if you yeah, and they don't have a good pricing model for oh, Docker no. containers yet. So. so do be, you know, use a throwaway email address or something oh, to yeah. grab a like a. So they'll give you a like a twenty four hour data account for free, just to get monitoring on your server. And then if you want the more advanced, longer term analytics, yeah. um, it's totally worth paying for, but not per Docker container. No. Uh -uh. <laughs> and then and the the other part is that their salespeople are very aggressive and really they're jerks. Like they're really, I'm, I'm saying they're assholes, man. They're, they're <laughs> oh, this is going. They're, they're well, they're well known for that. There's yeah, a reputation. They uh, their uh, sales engine is is uh, to be envied if you're in the growth market. But yeah, it's, they are not fun to talk to. Well, we've got uh, accounts with New Relic and Century uh, at work, but I never, I never really understood them, so I don't use them. Um, sorry, all of my coworkers. I'm probably overloading our, our just like output logs to like sumo logic uh just because i'm like and so like i'll trace stuff in there like right i'll have like this is class we, we have a, it's a tracer and you can just add different statements to it and then in your request into your request you just log that one whole thing but it's like a json blob as like a one line of a text file right and so like that's how you have to then parse that out to see like the stack or the or the path of of the request but it would be great to be able to see different metrics in there or with something failed, like instead of having to throw in all these specific log statements of like, you know, try catch this one out, like this failed or it was this reason, like to be able to just throw it into something like that and be able to go get those notifications. It'd be nice for me to be able to get those notifications on, on an app that I built within our system uh, before my boss comes to me and tells me about a problem. It'd be nice to get, a, get ahead of that. <laughs> well, and what you're mentioning doing about adding logging once you see an error, is something I do with New Relic now. Um, I mean, obviously, if the client's paying for it, um, w but I'll stick in. Okay, which part of the like? If I want specific data, I'll use uh, the New Relic command to trigger. Um, in so you can do custom metrics. Um, you can tell it whether or not what's running is a background transaction or not. So you can separate out like actual web requests from your application level, like Laravel queues and events and things like that. And then you can add um, custom data to the query that's currently running. So for example, if you were running an e-commerce store, you could put, oh, customer added this particular item as a new relic transaction, basically part of that transaction. So you could go through and sort and filter um, looking for that type of data, which is pretty handy. Nice. That's Another really cool tool in that vein is uh, called uh, Blackfire. So Blackfire is uh, it's it's like Travis CI, but it's for performance monitoring your application. So it'll basically take your app and run it through a series of performance tests. So 
you don't have like regressions that slow down a specific you're like hey i solved this thing it's not slow anymore and if you don't have anything testing you know your coworker comes along and accidentally revert something or you add some more stuff and suddenly the page is you know went from three seconds to five seconds again and you're like what happened oh it'll catch that um and you can integrate it in your github or things like that hmm. um so that's a pretty useful tool of performance and it may be something where you're only monitoring certain you know maybe it's just your checkout process that you care about at that level um, but it's definitely a useful tool for certain sites certain applications and i think Blackfire is just a profiler for PHP, though, right? Right, but it's like a it's like a yeah, continuous like a, performance testing. Yeah, is yeah. basically what they're. I think that's Sentio Labs, um, guys who do what Symphony and all that. Yeah. yeah, so they do performance profiling, but they do like the automated testing too. Yeah, um, so it'll give you. I'm looking. Yeah, I've been actually wanting to. I, I think haven't used it in a while, but I wanted to use Blackfire uh, quite a while back, but I was using Alpine containers and it didn't have support for Alpine at the time, and I just haven't looked back at it. Mm. So, but I think it's free for local. There's okay. like a free tier. Yeah, so there's somewhere. like there's like a testing suite where it's asserting things against the performance, yeah. um, but there's also profiling for performance, which is um, something I think you can run locally. So in addition to uh, all these like you know, profiling and debugging uh, tools like logging and stuff, do you guys use anything to specifically log or, or catch um, and categorize uh, like stats, like StatsD or any kind of stuff like that? Do you guys use anything to do for, for statistics? You're no. talking about like, uh, what is that? What's that called? Are you talking about uh, one of those services that will take your code and grade it? Is that what you mean? No, just being able to have metrics within your code. So it's kind of switching gears away from debugging necessarily, like, where is, what stuff's you in your like code. You mean, like, performance metrics or um, anything, wall yes, time anything metrics? Like, or? like you said, right? Like, you have an order, and you're saying, like, you know, this, this order, that, you know, I don't... Okay, that's a bad example. So New Relic is where we would do that. Um, so there's, uh, yeah. like, there's, uh, you know, StatsD is built, um, and then it's, uh, I guess it's a service that runs, right? And you can add statistics to it and it's um, got I guess what is it graphite is, is uh, how you measure that or you view it um, I have to link to this and read it up again because I haven't read up, read up on it in like a year but basically you can just like add stats to it of like just add, you know increment this this metric or whatever and so where I would want to use it and where I've asked for it in my application is like um, uh, making third-party API calls that have like rate limits, right? And so every time you make the call, you just add that stat, you know, you increment it, and then that way, when you're, you do the next API call, you can know the limit and know how many you've done so far. So you could stop the request before you have to get that error, kind of thing. But you could also do other little metrics of just like you increment, decrement, whatever. New Relic would be great for that because it has. Um, is it called Insights? Yeah. Usually, if you have their yeah. pro or whatever version, you get um, kind of like it's kind of a query thing where you can actually query all your different uh, stats. So in your application, you can run a you can run a method and, and like uh, capture whatever you want, and then it has this quick sites thing where you can actually go in and write all these queries that will return reports and dashboards. Nice. Kind of like um, it used to be a free one for what's it called. Uh, for Elasticsearch or something like that that used to do something very similar. Like, you could probably do all this stuff for free or with cheaper services, but you gotta, like, take all those services and kind of put them all together versus something like New Relic, 
which costs a lot of money, but it puts everything in one spot, you know, which it's the benefit of it, I think. But it's not going to cover the use case you described of, like, API limiting. Is, but you could. I mean, you, you, you could that, write that, an that API point, query well, that, into that, New that Relic. Yeah. just a, a value that I, would, I want to know I would just stick that in Redis, that. you know. Huh. I yeah. just... Something really lightweight like that that's an in-memory database would be where to put something like that. That's a good idea, actually. But you could query... New Relic has a complete API, and so you could query things in the API. Yeah. You could build a script that, you know, spins up another server if load spikes at a certain level or something. I mean... Typically, you're using cloud orchestration at that point, and you don't need that. But if you wanted to roll your own, you could. Um, and the new Relic stuff keeps all the metrics on, like, CPU and memory and stuff yeah. as well. So usually I'm looking at the application layer because our host takes care of, you know, CPU and all right. that kind of stuff. But the, the stats are definitely there. Yeah. So in the course of 20 minutes, we've gone from die dumps to expensive third-party solutions to knowing <laughs> everything about your application. Um, any final debugging in general, debugging uh, tips? Uh, if you want to do it the hard way and you want to profile without using a service, Xdebug has a profiler on it, and then you have to okay. use WebGrind. Uh, uh, it's kind of a pain, but it, it does It is a pain, work. but it works. Yeah. It does work. And that's free, you know. Well, minus setup. you got to get it all set up. But. Okay. If you're... Doing um, dump and die type debugging, I love the Kint library, K-I-N-T. Um, it takes all of that nasty stuff and turns it into trees. So if I dump an object, it'll give me all the functions that are available in the object, So because sometimes I need to run one of the functions and I don't know what it is because I'm working with somebody else's code. Or it'll give me like the output of a variable, an array, an object, whatever, and I can mm -hmm. just drill down a multi-level array, you can see through the exactly. tree. Yeah. Um, and so it's, xdebug is great for certain things, but man, I just use the Kent library and just wrap something like, what the, this variable that's in a template somewhere, I have no idea what's in there. Stick it around, you know, the debug uh, wrapper they have in the Kent library, and it's beautiful. Yeah. And anyway, if you want to get really nuts with it, it even has themes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's one that's much older called Kumo, K-U-M-O, that does a very similar thing. Krumo, yeah. K-R-U-M-O. And Kint is the the modern successor to right. that library. The, I don't think Krumo is developed anymore, and Kint kind of is where that effort went. Um, well, since I'm a print R guy, I'll say if you put a uh, true as a second parameter, it'll actually allow you to pipe that into the database or, or wherever you want to see Log it. Log file, yep. So I do that a lot, too. We have some e-commerce stuff where we print our the post variables and um, some of the gateway responses just in just so we can have that along with the transaction in case the customer calls and something went wrong. Or you're echoing the pre-tag. <coughs> Echo, yes, yeah, so yeah. look at the pre-tag and then yeah, dump yeah. it out, print it out. So you can actually read it. <laughs> oh, this takes me back. This, this was a great... Oh, so Kent actually has a... It'll actually capture... So if you just run Kent, it'll actually capture it back to a variable. But then you can stick a text-only output modifier in front of the function. I have no idea how they do that. Never have looked into it. But you can stick like a tilde in front of the function and it'll do like a plain text output instead of like the, the JavaScript with the nested array tree stuff. Yeah. Um, so like when I'm doing a API and I need, you know, raw JSON and I don't want to trip up the headers or something like that, I can I can actually inject the output into a JSON object pretty easily too. Awesome. Which is cool. Well thanks guys.
This has been productive. This has been fun walking down memory lane. And also, every, I feel like every podcast we, we do, um, every episode we do, I, I, I learn something about new technology. And I also learn that I'm lacking behind my fellow developers. So I need to go work on my new Relic game and, uh, and Century game on that. Um, but thanks, guys, for joining us. Well, uh, thanks to everyone else out there for listening. We'll, uh, we'll catch you next time.